Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here and welcome to another brand new episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast coming to you live from the Macedon Rangers, Monday the 19th of September 2022. Trust wherever you are in the world, you've had a phenomenal weekend. And I guess in some parts of the world, it still is the weekend. So if you're listening to this pretty much near real time, it uh, it is early morning on Monday here in Victoria in the Macedon Rangers. It's probably late afternoon in the States. So uh, if you are listening, I know there's a lot of listeners coming uh, from the States that are plugging into the podcast, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, it is Sunday afternoon, so making sure you're finishing off your weekend really, really well to get ready to reload into a brand new week. Now, with that said, as we do every brand new episode of the brand new week, uh, just a quick reminder that if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please press the subscribe button on the platform that you happen to be listening to this episode on. And of course, if you are currently on the Apple platform, pressing the three dots on your screen, uh, and that will enable me to let you know when new episodes are ready to be listened to. So I think it's follow on the Apple platform. And of course, if you can rate the show as well, that would be greatly appreciated. It makes it a lot easier for other people just like you to find or more readily find the podcast on the different podcast platforms. So uh, with that said, let's get into today's topic. Now, there's been a lot happening around the world over the last 24 months. And if there's one thing that has come out of this time, particularly, you know, in well, certainly in our, our experience here in Victoria, is that the world feels a lot smaller. Uh, the sheer volume of information, the sheer volume of news that's readily available, whether it be through the print media, through social media, uh, through the visual media, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing, and it's front of mind globally, and it's been unlike any other time in history. And I think back to when I was younger and talking to my grandparents, and the amount of information they had available to them uh, was nothing compared to what we have available to us today. And when you think about like the devices we've got, the uh, the strength of the iPhone, if you've got one, an iPhone or any, any smart device for that matter, there's more information now available to you through that device than probably our grandparents and great-grandparents had access to at the time through their entire lifetime. Uh, it's just absolutely staggering. So the the, the world does feel a lot more, uh, a lot smaller. We seem to be a lot more connected, but at the same time, because of that, I reckon we also seem to be a lot less connected. So there's more disconnection, more dysfunction than any, any other time in history. And with this comes a really sharp focus on leadership and certainly a much sharper focus on leadership. And this is my opinion. And if you don't agree with this, that, that's perfectly fine. But my view is that to say that there's a huge void in quality leadership around the world right now would be an absolute massive understatement. Now, whether it be countries fighting with each other, whether it be politicians fighting with each other, even when you look at the royal family and and today, September 19 being Queen Elizabeth's funeral, uh, even at the royal with the, within the royals, there's still dysfunction and there's still a lack of leadership. And uh, I mean, if, irrespective of whether you're a royalist or not, I think Queen Elizabeth was, I guess, the uh, the shining light of what's possible because she was such a great leader, such a strong matriarch uh, of that family, and led really well, and and was a beacon for hope for a lot of people. Now that she's gone, uh, it's left a massive, massive void because even even in the last week, seeing some of the things that uh, King Charles has got up to, uh, I'm not sure that he's got the same gravitas that his mother had. 
and certainly not the same grace that uh, his mother had as well. So it'll be very, very interesting to see what happens with the royal family moving forward. But with the exception of the Queen and probably a, a handful of other people around the world, there is such a vortex of leadership. And it's a really, really challenging time because particularly with young people who have ambitions of leading others into the future, it's really unfortunate that they do not have great examples of leaders to emulate. And what they think are role models are actually not necessarily role modeling great leadership behaviors. And even more concerning, there's a fear that these young people observe the current leaders and believe that that is leadership. They believe that what they're doing is demonstrating leadership, and it's not. Now, I just have to look at it, and we're coming up in Victoria to a state election in November, so a couple of months away from that. And irrespective of the political party that you might be affiliated to, just looking at the way that these politicians are speaking. And I heard an interesting podcast this morning with with a person who was talking about they're getting involved in politics, but uh, getting involved in politics from the perspective of trying to do the right thing. And they were saying that their belief and their experience, irrespective of the political party, is that most politicians will get into politics for exactly the same reason, wanting to do a good thing and wanting to help the people. But something happens, and whether it's an environmental thing and, and whether it's a cultural thing, the vast majority of politicians get to a point where they tend to lose sight of why they were doing what they were doing in the first place. And they start to focus their attention on belittling the opposition or belittling others, uh, and they act like school, school children. Now, that's unfortunately being quite derogatory to school children, because I know that school children are probably really good people. But when you think about and look at the leaders we have in public life right now, and it's it's no better example than right now leading up to the Victorian election. Some of the pre-election campaigning is starting to happen and the jostling and the positioning and the, the rhetoric that's happening. I mean, none of these politicians really have any credibility or do they have any integrity, and particularly the existing government where they've got a history of actually making making promises and not fulfilling promises. What they're really expert at is making excuses or justifying the decision that they've made, which probably were different than the original decisions they wanted to make in the first place. So is it any wonder that we've got dysfunction happening in the world right now and certainly at the local level here in Victoria? Because uh, as you know, if you haven't uh, lived in Victoria, we have been the world's most locked down city over the pandemic. And thankfully, we're out of that now. There's no restrictions per se. But uh, there's a lot of collateral damage that's happened, and a lot of that's got to do with the decisions that our so-called leaders have made, which they probably think were in the best interests of the wider community. But it's coming out now that a lot of the decisions that are being made were not necessarily the correct decisions and not necessarily the right decisions, and by the way, not necessarily the decisions that were to the benefit of the wider community. Now, this is by no means a political uh, podcast, and I don't want it to make, make it a political podcast, but the point is we need to change the narrative. We need leaders to step up and provide a different and a better example of what real leadership is. And it starts with me and it starts with you. Irrespective of whether you're a brand new leader and irrespective of whether you've been a leader for five minutes, five years or 15 years, it's time for us as leaders to step up and become the leader that your team needs and your team deserves. And I was contemplating this over the last few days and having a conversation with a few people around this and and what it will take for us as leaders to change the narrative, to actually lead by example, to set to set the role modeling example that we want to see others play out. And it's not talking about it, it's actually taking action. So based on that thought process, based on some conversations, I've written down eight, eight things that we as leaders can certainly consider to take on board and implement to give us every opportunity of becoming the leader that the team needs and that the team deserves. And in the process, setting the example that hopefully you're going to see play out in your team moving forward. Now, 
one one word of warning, this is not necessarily going to happen overnight. It's a process. So particularly brand new leaders, if you're looking to make an immediate impact, then obviously there'll be some things that you can do that can have a almost like an instantaneous impact. But a lot of the stuff I'm talking about here is going to take practice, is going to take consistency, but over over time, that consistency will certainly compound. So here are some things to think about, and uh, I want to challenge you as well in, in relation to this. If any of these points may be uh, unnatural for you or you don't necessarily agree with, before you dispel them, how about you take them on board, implement them, try them, uh, stress test them, and to see whether it actually works for you. Now, this is by no means an exhaustive list. You may want to add other things. You may actually see other things that others have provided to you. You might want to slightly tweak these. I'm not necessarily the expert that has the answers for everything, but here's what I do know. Having worked with hundreds, if not thousands of leaders over my career and working with leaders right now, I know some of these things, if we double down on them and really put some conscious focus into them and build some consistency around it and build some discipline around it, these are the things that are going to help us become much better leaders, set the right example, and set our futures up so that future leaders, uh, whether that be our children, next generation, can really take the baton and provide even better examples of leadership for the future generation. So here are, here are some things to think about. Point number one, it's time for us to lead with immovable integrity. Now, I just did make mention of politicians, and sometimes polit- politics and integrity is almost... Uh, <laughs> Uh, two ends of the spectrum, let's just say. But as leaders, we need to be really, really crystal clear on what we stand for. What are our immovable principles that we're going to use as a foundation for everything that we do? Now, when you think about it, integrity as a definition is the practice of being honest and having really strong moral principles, the state of being whole and undivided. So it's not being like a cork in the ocean moving based on what's happening to the to the tides and what's happening based on the wind. It's actually knowing exactly what you stand for, knowing what your values are and holding true to those. That's not to say you won't enter into some pretty uh, robust conversations, but you're always going to be leading with integrity, which means you're always going to be interested in hearing other people's perspective. You don't necessarily have to agree with them, but you will be immovable in terms of what your core principles are. Now, will you be judged? Absolutely. But if if you're being judged based on you being consistent with your principles, then you know what? That is, I'll take that every single day. Second point is it's time to double down on building trust with your team and earning the right to lead them, not relying on the leadership title. And this is a big one. I see so many leaders getting into a leadership position, and I've talked about this on many podcasts. Many of them get into the leadership position because of the so-called prestige they think is going to come with the leadership title, the the status, the power, the influence. Great leaders understand that once they get the title, the work starts. It is now a case of how do I build trust with my team? How do I do the things that enables my team to look at me, that I'm demonstrating a level of integrity, that I'm somebody who is worth listening to, I am consistent in my approach, I am credible, I'm reliable, and I build great relationships. Because remember, every single person in your team is going to be asking these three fundamental questions. Do you care about me as an individual? Can you help me as an individual? And can I trust you as a leader? Now, if the answer to those three questions is a categorical yes, then you're doing a very good job of building a platform and a foundation from which you can be trusted implicitly by your team. And it's a daily thing, always looking for opportunities where you can serve them, always looking for opportunities to put them in front of you and not make it about yourself. So time to double down on building trust. Point number three is it's time to speak less and do more. 
Now, there's a famous quote here from John Maxwell, and the quote is, a leader knows the way, shows the way, and goes the way. So what I'm staggered by is the number of leaders who lead by telling others what to do, and they think that is coaching, they think that is leading. It is not. What a great leader will do is they will actually take action, and they will encourage people to follow them. They know that they're going to have every single person with their team watching them like a hawk, so they're very clear on what they what they stand for, where they're heading, and what they need to do in order to get there. And so a leader who is spending less time talking and more time walking is a leader that can very quickly build levels of integrity and, by the way, in the process, build high levels of trust. So if you're a leader who is doing a lot of talking and not a lot of actioning, then it's time to flip that. And how about you do some more actioning and do a little bit less talking and just see what happens? Because remember, the leader who knows the way, shows the way, and goes the way is a leader will ultimately deliver some fantastic results for their team. Point number four, it's time to invest more time being more visible to your team and less time being visible to your superiors. Now, this is another big one. There are so many leaders out there, irrespective of the type of business that you want to look at, who think that great leadership is looking at spreadsheets, having internal strategy meetings, managing upwards, talking to senior executives, what they're doing there is really position themselves for the next opportunity. Great leaders spend more time with their team and they prioritize even more. They prioritize time with their team. So if there's a choice between sitting down with your senior executive and sitting down with your team, guess what the right choice is? It's sitting down with your team every single time. Now, if you've got a senior executive that gets their nose out of joint because of that, then uh, that tells you all you need to know about the culture of that organization because a great leader will know that leader's time is best spent and best invested with the people who will deliver the results. It is with the people at the coalface. It is not sitting in the ivory tower, sitting around a boardroom table, talking strategy, navel-gazing, looking at spreadsheets and thinking about how great business is all the while where your team is out there thinking, oh, where's my leader? It is not that at all. So more and more leaders who spend more and more time with their team are the leaders that, funnily enough, start to get more and more results that become sustainable and replicable over time and become exceptional leaders. Point number five, it's time to have conversations you know you need to have rather than avoiding them. And this points directly to feedback. What's really fascinating about this, and I've worked with a lot of uh, a lot of leaders, not just sales leaders, but a lot of leaders who, based on the culture of the organization, they tend to have their, let's just say, their challenging conversations or their difficult conversations at the half-year mark or the full-year mark when they're doing the performance review. And unfortunately, they sit down with their people and start to look back at all the things that have happened over the last 6 to 12 months. And they dig up things that happened maybe you know, 9, 10, sometimes 11 months ago that uh, they probably should have dealt with back then. But no, no, they, they chose to keep it until the formalized review. And the poor person sitting there is thinking, well, that'd be great if you had told me nine months ago, I could have actually done something about it, but there's no point in sharing with it now because not only has the passage of time significantly reduced the impact of the actual event, the level of credibility that now you have as a leader in my eyes has gone significantly down because you didn't have the common courtesy of letting me know that there was an issue or there was some feedback you had to give me nine or 10 or 11 months ago. I mean, what is that? And I see this happen all the time. So great leaders, as hard as it might be for them in the moment to deliver that piece of feedback, they know that is the right thing to do. So what they do is they'll lean into that conversation because here's the thing. They have integrity. They are doubling down on building trust. They have the right intention. And that intention is not to criticize. That intention is to help that person get better. Because if that person can get better, then if somebody else can get better, then that's multiplied across the team. Then the whole team improves and the results start to take care of themselves as well. 
So being able to have the conversation when you need to have them rather than avoiding them is a key point to increase your level of influence and leadership within your team. Point number six, it is time to empower. It is time to encourage and it is time to challenge your team rather than directing your team. Now, one of the things as a leader we need to be really, really crystal clear on is we do not have to have all the answers. We don't have to be the oracle or the font of all knowledge. And this is a mistake that I made very early in my career. I thought that I had to know all the all everything, I had to have all the answers. And if I didn't have the answers, that would be somehow a, uh, a, I guess, a negative connotation around my leadership. That is not the case. You have so many talented people within your team, and you know that. If you look at them right now, there's probably people that are better than you at certain things. We need to be able to tap into that. We need to be able to encourage them and challenge them to use those talents to help the team improve rather than directing them. So sometimes it means we have to sit back and think, okay, where are the areas that I'm not so great at and where are the areas that my team is great at and give them that opportunity and encourage them. And this means feedback. Feedback needs to be constant. It needs to be opportunistic and it needs to be specific. Always remembering that the intention of that feedback is to help the team and the individuals within the team improve and hopefully exponentially improve. Which goes directly into point number seven where, hey, it's time now for leaders to step back and create space for others to step up. It is time to start creating other leaders. Now, I've spoken about this a lot on the podcast. My very first day as a sales leader, and this is not the seconded, this is my first day as a permanent position sales leader. My uh, my general manager, Danny, sat me down and asked me the direct question, who is your likely successor? Now, it was a question that I was not prepared for. It was a question that came left of field. But it was a question designed to get me to start thinking as I began this particular sales leadership career, always thinking about the end in mind and thinking about, okay, you're not going to be there forever. And the intention is to leave the team in a better in a better position than when you found it, which meant that I had to start identifying people who perhaps had the capability and who had the potential to eventually become leaders. Now, I'm such I'm so glad I learned that lesson because what it what it framed for me was looking for certain qualities in people and then creating opportunities for them to step into those and utilize those qualities and take take the challenge and take the opportunity and, and be empowered to do that, which meant that I had to t- take a step back, which I got to say in some cases was quite difficult to do because I knew that uh, maybe the people weren't necessarily ready for that opportunity, but um, I didn't completely uh, leave them on their own. That That's not the point of this, but it's a case of sometimes as a leader, we need to understand and know that when we need to step back Stepping back actually creates some space for somebody to fill that void and step into their greatness, for want of a better term. So it's a great it's a great point that I learned very early on, and it's something we need to get more and more leaders to do today, and that is create the space for others to step up. But in order for that to happen, we do need to take a step back. That is not to remove ourselves from responsibility, because ultimately we are still responsible for delivering the results, but giving somebody else the opportunity is a great way of creating other leaders. And the final point, point number eight, It is time for us as leaders to do the right thing, regardless of how you feel, instead of trying to do things right. And I see this so many times. New leaders come into a particular organization or they're given the promotion and they're trying to get everything right. They think that it's a game of being accurate. It's a game of being perfect. It's not. Leadership is not a game of perfection. Leadership is about moving forward, putting one foot in front of the other, learning from mistakes, learning what works and what doesn't work and making progress, which means... We've got to know what we stand for. We've got to know what is the right thing to do and be hell-bent on doing that regardless of how you feel. And that could be having a difficult conversation. It could be providing feedback to a senior leader who perhaps is not open to feedback. 
But if it's the right thing to do, we do it anyway, regardless of what potentially the consequences may be, because it is the right thing to do. So there you go. Eight statements, eight concepts, eight principles to contemplate, to think about, to hopefully integrate into your daily activities around leadership, to help set a better example, to start helping to create other leaders and to create the next generation of leaders. So hopefully our business, our organization, and hence our industry is in very, very good hands. Probably the biggest one about all of these for me is immovable integrity. And I came across a quote from Dwight Eisenhower which said, the supreme quality for leadership is unquestionably integrity. Without it, no real success is possible. So when you think about that, it is, uh, and think about a man like Dwight Eisenhower who was uh, a Navy, a Navy, I think a Navy general, Navy commander, and then was a president of the United States before JFK, he certainly changed the course of history. And as leaders, it is time for us to also change the course of history as well. The question is, are we up to it? So here's to a massive week as we begin this Monday, the 19th of September. Thanks for plugging into the podcast. And a key reminder that when you're ready to work together and when you're committed to taking your leadership to the exceptional level, I love the opportunity of working with you and help you do just that. You know the drill, go to leadwithdarren.com. Big time, we'll sit down and have a chat about where you're at, what you're looking to achieve over the next 90 plus days, and we'll put a plan together. We'll start executing on that plan as early as this week. So I've got a couple of spots still open. Looking forward to that conversation and uh, look forward to sharing with you, of course, on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.